Lord, our God is good, isn't He? Let me just tell you, they've asked me not to break these new speakers on it now. So, everybody, you need to be quiet, y'all. This is a rich person, i got to be careful when I'm talking now to the choir, because everyone will hear me now. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let me just tell you right now, uh, we are so glad to see you this morning. Welcome to Robert's Nazarene Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. And when you got up this morning, it was cold. You knew you were alive, and that's reason enough to start praising God. Amen? Our God is good. Not only is He good, He's faithful. He's true. Not only is He faithful and true, but we can count on His Word. His Word will never come back void. We can believe in it, take it to the bank, stand on it. Even though this world is falling apart, His Word is safe and secure. Amen? And so it's time for us as a church to get back on God's Word. Let me just tell you about the Bible. B-I-B-L-E. Basic instructions before leaving earth. We need to get back to that. Hold on to that. Proclaim that and never let that go. Well, good morning. Nice to see each and every one of you this morning. What's going on at Robert Sandy Baptist Church? We are a little down in the tennis this morning. So I, I feel like if we were in a boat, we'd roll over to one side, you know? <laughs> Ooh, so we do have a lot of folks out traveling. We have to get to be a prayer for them. We need to see some of you. Uh, if you're visiting with us this morning, we want to welcome you as well. And you can get out to the card you'll find in front of you. Please post it on the page and come around so you can have a record of visit. We greatly appreciate that. If you're joining us online this morning, we want to welcome you as well. We want to encourage you to come and join us right here in the sanctuary. Experience what God is doing in Robert Sanctuary Baptist Church. Come and be a part of it. It's a place for you to serve, a place for you to get plugged in. There's a life group, and there is a family group for you to get involved in. Come and be a part of Robert Sanctuary Baptist Church. All right, we're happy today. Today after service, we will have a katana practice here in the sanctuary. The part of that katana needs to be here and be a part of that, if at all possible. But our time is running out. Our adult katana is coming up on the 18th. It's going to be a good one. So if you want to plan to be there on that. Speaking of the 18th, we are going to have a special call business meeting. Again, that will be for our budget meeting. So we have two weeks out for that. So prayerfully consider being a part of that. And coming to be a part of your budget at Rock Sanity Baptist Church. The youth are planning a rock game coming up December 9th. That's going to start at 8 30 right after the Ugly Sweater Contest. And we'll have our Christmas party as well, the youth group will. That will be their White Elephant Christmas party. And let me tell you, the more people that get involved in White Elephant, the more fun it is. So we open that White Elephant to everybody. If you want to be a part of that, you stay after the Ugly Sweater Contest. Come and join us in that White Elephant. It's uh, gag gifts are encouraged because they're fun. And the youth are going to love it, and we will be a part of that joy as well. We'll be about 10, 10 30, and you can go home with your white elephant gift or we gift it next year. Amen. All right. So, those are some things that are coming up uh, today at 4 30. Crowd uh, practice, evening worship at 6 o'clock right here. And let me tell you, you don't want to miss that sermon. All this got the title for it. It's called Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth. If you want to come and be a part of that message, be a traditional church service message. We're in the invitation. We're moving our evening service to be more of an evening worship. And so we want to see that happen. So prayerfully consider being a part of that. Uh, don't forget, church, that we have uh, our ugly sweater coming up on the night as well from 5 to 8. Also got the cookie exchange in there. So bring your favorite cookies. I will help you eat them. And uh, you get to play them out with people. We get to judge that ugly sweater contest. Uh, December 11th, church is coming up. 
next Sunday evening, December 11th, 6 p.m. Our children will be having their Christmas cantata. So come and support them in that as well. And worship the Lord as they sing praise to God. And let me tell you, there's nothing sweeter than praise out of the mouth of babies. Amen? So come and be a part of that and support your children in that as well. If you're on the ministry team, church on the 13th, we'll be having our meeting at 4.30, or excuse me, 4 o'clock. So remember that as well. Take that tip for our upcoming announcements, except for those that will be going out to our Dallas area for Operation Christmas Child Collection Center. So be in prayer for them as they move in and out over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. I think that's it for our announcements. We'll cut the drop or something. Possibly. That's what I promise you. Unless it evolves into that, then we'll be having Hanukkah in the, in the fellowship hall. But we'll do a Hanukkah presentation right here on uh, December 21st. If you want to come and learn how that reflects Jesus Christ and how that shows in there, I want to encourage you to think about the revelation, how it's connected with Hanukkah, how Hanukkah connected with the revelation. Hard to separate the two. And that'll be a part of our Christ in the Hanukkah presentation Wednesday the 21st. So excited about that. Uh, don't forget, church, that we will have candlelight services well, uh, and don't forget Sunday morning is Christmas. We will have services, but they will be shortened services on the 25th. So we go to Life Church and Sunday school that day, and we have a normal 1045 service, and uh, there will be no evening services on Christmas the 25th. All right, so unless there's any other announcements, we're going to have to lay up from God and then again. Let's go to the Lord's Prayer. As we pray, we speak lives and welcome one another. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for our Christmas.
ready for that. Some of them, you can see them already out on Facebook. So check out Pastor's page, and you can see that right there. That was a, a beautiful and wonderful time in that. Uh, last but not least, I want to remind you that we are celebrating the Lord's Supper today. If you did not get the communion cup, please go back to the back and get one at this time.
That is beautiful. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know what? You need to be in prayer for those young ones because we may not take it serious, but the devil does. And the devil would love to get those kids and get them out of church. But you, as their parents, as their grandparents, as their aunts and uncles, you need to pray for them, love them, and keep them, and get them in church. That's how we raise up the next generation. Let's see, look around you this morning. You probably noticed that we decorated the system. Those of you that stayed and helped, and those of you that participated in that, I want to say a special thank you. That is a lot of work, and it's hard, and uh, God bless you in it. And it's a thankless deed, so let me say thank you now. And the bad news is, is there's always someone who says, well, we didn't do it that way last year. And there's always a response of, well, you should have been here to help us do it. So, uh, there is that, always to think of. Have your Bibles with you this morning. Uh, we are going to begin in the book of Hebrews, but we are going to jump around quite a bit, and the title this morning is going to be A Proper Child. I gave it to you on Wednesday, A Proper Child. I wrote this sermon in my office this week, and I, I burst out of revival. I was in tears, and God was doing good things in my life. He's answering prayers. Um, let me just go ahead and give you something else God did this morning. Heck and I got to hear from our eldest son as well as he's deployed, and I want to thank you all for your prayers for him. Well, he, he emailed us a very happy email this morning and said, I don't know how or why, but I got promoted to E5 this morning. <laughs> I said, thank you, Jesus. You know, Now, if you can just get your heart back in Jesus' hand, I'd be the happiest dad this world has ever known. Keep praying, because God has got his hands on that boy. And you know, as smart and as intelligent as he is, could you imagine kind of preacher he's going to be. So there's something about those guys that fight the Lord. I don't know anything about that at all. Nothing at all about that. You know, your love and generosity here at Wells Fargo Baptist Church is overwhelming. Every year you bless me. Every year you thank me. Every year you make me feel welcome. At least most of you do. And for that, I want to say God bless you and thank you for that. Uh, a lot of you do. You, you, you make me feel I, I praise God. Um, I have been in the ministry a long, long, long time, and I've never felt at a church the way the majority of y'all make me feel. So that, I, I can't thank you enough. I love you. pray for you every day by name. You and your family are lifted up to God Almighty. And I believe He hears my prayers. I know He hears my prayers because I know you're praying for me, and we're praying for each other, and we're praying for each other. You know what? There's nothing in this world that can come against us. In fact, my Bible says, that where two or three are gathered in His name, there He is with us. My Bible says that the gates of hell will never prevail against His church. Amen. Never. When we get in prayer like that, when we get in harmony like that, when we get in love like that, then you know what? We're unbeatable, undefeatable. The world can't bend us. It can't break us. It can't shape us. It can't fold us or form us or make us into anything. We're going to constantly be what God has called us to be. What did He call us to be? He called us to be light. He called us to be sent. He called us to be the proclaimers of His holy word. And we need to get back to that. For your love and your generosity, your thanksgiving was overwhelming. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you that donated to our Thanksgiving outreach. You gave out 34 complete Thanksgiving dinners. Yes, you did. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You did that. Your love did that. Your, your generosity did that. You reached 34 families in Coppice Coast. Just down the street, those around there. Let me tell you what. You might be thinking sometimes, 
Pastor, does it do any good? Well, I ran into someone at a local retailer on Friday. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and tell you who it was. I'm not going to tell you a thing. I'm going to tell you what retailer it was. It was Family Dollar. I said, Pastor, what were you doing at Family Dollar? Getting Betsy's lunch. And he said, hey. When I went up to the, to the, cash, uh, the register there, uh, he said, hey, you guys gave us Thanksgiving. He said, thank you. You gave us Thanksgiving. We didn't have Thanksgiving. But you gave us Thanksgiving. And he wanted me to show you his picture. That's right. That's your love. That's your generosity. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He said, I stuffed it with apples. And I was like, you ruined it. Should have stuffed that with Creole butter, you know. But he was grateful. He's like, I want to show you what we did with this turkey. We weren't going to have Thanksgiving, but you gave it to us. And you know what? He, one of these days, through that love, through that generosity, he might become the next Christian. He's praying. God is working. God is moving. And all we need is willing faith to get out in the field. They are white on the harvest. Amen? Come on and be a part of that. Well, as we begin this Christmas season, we will do well to remember that all these familiar disclosures we know it's by well. Some of you have seen that. In fact, it's everywhere. In fact, it should be behind me on the picture there. There it is coming up there. Yeah, right there. Jesus is the reason for the season. We've heard it and say it. It's become kind of cliche, hasn't it? It's become something that we point out all the time. Well, Jesus is the reason for that season. Merry Christmas. Remember about 18 years ago when it was almost illegal to say Merry Christmas to somebody? They would get angry at you and say, Happy Holiday. I would report always with Merry Christmas. I felt like uh, in the Christmas carol when uh, Ebenezer Scrooge's young nephew came in, he'd say, Merry Christmas. And of course he'd say, Bah, humbug. And he would leave out saying Merry Christmas anyway. Well, Jesus is the reason for the season. We would do well to remember that as we begin uh, looking into our Christmas season this year. Some of you already started complaining and said, oh no, Christmas music on the radio, Christmas music in the elevator, Christmas music on the wait on the telephone, Christmas music. Well, I love Christmas time. So really do. I love Christmas parties. I love food, family, fun, Christmas songs. I love decorations. And who, who doesn't love those Christmas songs? You get a chance to get out and see some Take the family out and look at it. It's a lot of fun. My family has traditions on Christmas Eve. After our candlelight service, we usually go Christmas light looking and, and looking at it. We end up usually uh, on the, this side of Cotton Cove up Robertson Avenue. There's usually a lot of good displays out there. But uh, it depends on where you go. And you might know some better than I do. But my personal favorite of the holiday season is that people are expecting me to talk about Jesus. Did you know that? They want to hear about it to a degree. They do. They're open to it. They're open to nativities. They're open to things about Jesus. And we can use that springboard as a time to share the gospel. I love Christmas season for that because people want to hear about peace on the earth. They want to hear about the angels opening up heaven and singing glory, hallelujah, peace on the earth, goodwill towards men. They want to hear those things. And you get the opportunity to share how they can have peace with your heart. Certainly not about liberal television decorations. 
Though I personally think Luther Bowe is the greatest physician ever. He's married 25 years, and to this day I still stand under Luther Bowe in respect. My kid. That's right, everybody look at Betsy. It's really about Jesus, isn't it? This is the season. And of course, this is the reason. As our heart engaged in course, that's going to be just kind of strange. Sometimes we forget what Christmas is all about. We get caught up in that commercialism. Remember the Charlie Brown special when he was young? I remember that I love, but who doesn't love peanuts? And who doesn't love sneaking in Woodstock and Charlie Brown? And I remember that wonderful phrase in that, that Christmas special. Out of all the Charlie Browns in the world, Charlie Brown, you're the Charlie Brown. <laughs> I remember that. Caught in my head there. Charlie Brown often had that problem with what Christmas is about. And someone really explained to you. Sometimes you look too far and miss his answer. Sometimes you didn't look deep enough and miss his answer. And sometimes you look completely the wrong direction. Sounds like an American male. Before we go any further, I need you to understand Scriptures show us that Moses, and Moses, of course, is one of my favorite guys, one of my heroes, the most dangerous in the He is a type and a shadow of Jesus. In fact, the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, this is Moses speaking to the people of Israel. He says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. A prophet like me. From your midst, from your breath, him, you shall hear. That's the key of the like if you don't hear him, then you'll be cut off from your people. You'll be out of the congregation of the Lord. You have to listen to this particular prophet. Prophet like me, just like he is, he was, and all those ways. In fact, it's uh, remarkable to look at what happened to Moses, happened to Jesus, happened to Peter, happened to Moses. The interesting thing over there. And he's a type and he's a shadow of Jesus. child 
They saw this child was a gift from God, was beautiful from God, and they won against the commandment of the king. And I'm here to tell you this morning that if we don't start living what the Bible says, when we look at our children, love our children, protect our children, and start going against what this evil government starts saying, we're going to lose everything we have. We need to stand up against tyranny. We need to stand up against racism. We need to stand up against sexual confusion, gender confusion. We need to start going against the commandment of this evil government and start proclaiming that we love our children and they're proper. Somebody say amen this morning. Moses, when he was born, was ten, three months. Because they thought he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's command. Now, here's a different version this morning. Perhaps the one I usually use, the new King James Version. I'm going to say this right here. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they thought he was a beautiful child. Wait a minute. Is that proper child? Beautiful child. They were not afraid of the king's command. What's the difference, you might say? Well, let's look at one more. <laughs> Here's one right here. The New International Version. Hebrews 11.23. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they thought he was no ordinary afraid of the king's command. How about this one? I know there's a couple of people who use this translation in our congregation. The New Living Translation, Hebrews 11, 23. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given him an unusual title. Depends on the accent you put on unusual, doesn't it? Give him an unusual title. And they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. What's the best translation? word we're looking at there that we translate popular, beautiful, no ordinary, unusual. The word actual. Say it with me. There you go. Don't do it in your neighbor's face, though. Literally, what it means is beautiful, fair, proper. In fact, it comes as usually a description of a city, meaning that it was handsome, or that it was something that was un- Usual, like I can't quite put my finger on it. But there's just something about that. Have you ever said that about somebody? There's just something about that person. I can't quite nail it down, but there's something that strikes me, something that gets me, something that makes me stand up and say, "Hey, there's something different about you." Well, we get the picture there in this Greek word "aksios" of something unusual of something proper, not just proper, proper to the point of beautiful, not just beautiful, but beautiful to the point of unusual, not just unusual, but unusual to the part where it belongs to the Lord. Know what Osseos means, as I said earlier, proper, yet not unusual. Beautiful, as in there's just something, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Unusual, not ordinary, but extraordinary. Ultimately, we can see that Axios means the world will notice in one way or another. Some of us have children like that right now, don't we? You're like, I got an unusual kid, and the world's going to know when he's around. Let me tell you, if you got kids like mine, they know when our kids enter the room. Our boys are looking at me like Remember now, as we've seen, Moses was a foreshadow of Jesus. And what would happen, though? Just 
what would happen if we started looking at Jesus like Moses' family looked at him? What if we started looking at Jesus like Moses' mom and dad? If you wanted some extra credit this morning, I might say, who knows Moses' mom and dad? Well, you know it. Amram and Joseph had right? You can say Jacobed, that's okay. Uh, however, if we were to look at Jesus like Moses' mom and dad looked at him, what difference would we start having in our relationship with Christ? I dare to say that if we started looking at him like Moses' mom and dad looked at Moses, something drastic would change in church today. If we started treating him proper, we started treating him like he wasn't ordinary, we started treating him like he was beautiful, could you imagine what would happen in the church today? I know I'm not preaching to myself this morning. Y'all are awful quiet this morning. You need to get a little riled up. Because if you get riled up, I'm going to get riled up. And if I get riled up, we're going to have revival. Amen? Y'all, let's just talk about that for a second. I was reading Revelation the other day, and I love the Revelation. I spent a lot of time in it. Did you know that in the Revelation, Jesus describes those churches as candidates? And he describes those pastors of the churches as He says there's stars. I'm a star and an angel. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> what if we started looking at Jesus as though he were proper? What would happen if we started doing that? We started looking at him like he was proper. Not proper as in his shirt. Not proper as in a coat or a top hat or clothing. Proper as in he belonged in everything we do. What would happen then if the church started treating Jesus proper? But you know what? If we started treating Jesus properly again, the church would experience revival. If we started treating Jesus proper, that would mean that the church would return to reverence. Have you ever been to church where Jesus isn't the number one focus of their worship service? We're not here to put up people, preachers, pastors, or teachers. We are here to worship Jesus Christ and Him alone. Amen? We need to get back to doing it proper, back to being a proper church. Worshiping Jesus and Jesus alone, knowing the gods before him, and being proper about that. That means we need to get back into reverence. Get back into where what he does is holy. What he says is holy. It's not multiple choice. It's a commandment. And we need to get back into that. We started treating Jesus properly again. The church would experience revival. When we start looking at him as though he's proper, we'll return to holy living. When we start looking at His Word like it's reverent, we'll get back to living the way He told us to live. It's amazing to me that Christians today think they can indulge in things of the world. In fact, if you talk to modern-day Christians today, they believe they can embrace the world in Jesus at the same time when the Bible clearly says we got to forsake the world and grab a hold of Jesus Christ. That's proper Christianity. And we need to get back into proper living, proper worship, and proper church to stay in this we need to start looking at him as though he's proper again. When we return to holy living, we'll find out that God's spirit will return to church again. You've been to church where it's just dead? You ever been to church where there's nothing happening? You ever been to church where people look at each other and go, ho, oh, oh. Let me tell you, get back to treating Jesus properly, and you're going to find yourself walking in church with a big smile on your face. Either that, or you're going to walk in church with a big frown on your face because you're convicted. 
when you start treating it proper, you'll either be commended or you will be convicted. But you won't be able to walk around as a friend of the world. When we start looking at them as those paupers, we'll return to Holy Spirit. When we reverence God, church, we step back into holiness and we return to God's Word, God's ways, and God's standards of living. Do you want our government to get off this homosexual kick? Then you know what? It's time we started bringing the Word of God to our politicians. Have you seen the local polls? Have you read them lately? Two, only two out of every ten Americans like those in Congress and in the Senate. That's two out of every ten. That's got to be the family members, isn't it? <laughs> We've got to get back to properly treating Jesus. We've got to get back to properly treating His Word. We've got to get back to looking at Him like He belongs in everything we do because He does. He belongs in where you work. He belongs in what you teach. He belongs in how you live. He belongs in your family. He belongs in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. He belongs. He's proper here. But we've got to get back to that. We've got to get back to His standards and ways of living properly. Properly, We're looking for a proper church now. Proper churches lift up and exalt the Son of God. And when we lift up and exalt the Son of God, we glorify the Father. And when we glorify the Father, we give a habitat for the Holy Spirit to dwell. And when we become Spirit-filled Christians, we find ourselves doing things that we're supposed to be doing, like reaching this world, like going on missions, like witnessing, like being His examples everywhere we're supposed to be. That's what we're supposed to be doing. It's time to get back to that proper living. It's time to get back to looking at Jesus like He's a proper child. Most of us look at Jesus like He don't belong. Well, Jesus is a nuisance. Well, He's only there when I need Him. You know what? Some of us look at Jesus like He's a good luck charm, don't we? We only call upon Him when we need Him. We only call on His name when something bad's happening. Let me tell you, if you will start calling on Jesus when something good is happening, you'll find out that the good outnumbers the bad because when you're in His presence, there's nothing bad ever. That doesn't mean the world will bring anything bad to you. That means that in His presence, there is joy. Joy unspeakable. Joy unquenchable. And when we live in that joy, we find ourselves being reverent, holy, and back in God's Word. Isn't it amazing how when we sin and we do sin, but when we do sin, we step out of God's Word. We step out of God's Word and get ourselves out of God's church. Why do we do that? It's a phenomenon. It's a fact of life. It's a fact of Christian life. But when a Christian sins, the last place they want to be is church. I don't know about you, but I'm learning. And I'm still learning. Let me tell you, it's a constant struggle. But when we sin, when we do sin, when I sin, we need to get back in the presence of God as soon as possible. In fact, even faster than that, you should be on your knees, falling on your face before the Son of God, begging for forgiveness and grace, and walking out with peace, joy, and love back in your life, that smile back on your face, that forgiven heart, knowing that He will be with you and never leave you nor forsake you. Some of you this morning have been standing around saying, I don't know about Jesus. I don't know what He's going to do. I don't know how He's going to treat me. Let me tell you what, get back to looking at Jesus properly. Get back to accepting who He is. Who is He? He's Lord of Lords. Did you hear that? He's Lord of Lords. What does that mean? Jesus be Lord of Lords. That means He has the right to tell you what to do. That's right. He's got the right to tell me all the time to do what to do. He's got the right to send us where He wants us to go. He's got a right to 
change us, move us, rearrange us, shake us, fold us, form us, break us. He is the potter. We are the clay. We get back to looking at them properly. He's going to walk. You know what means he's got more authority than the president. That means amen in the Baptist church. He's got more authority than your social life. He's got more authority than this thing right here. He's got authority. He's king of kings. And what he says goes. And we need to get back to treating him properly. He's king of kings, Lord of lords, Savior of my life. High priest. He's my forgiver. He's my teacher, my comforter, my great shepherd. He's the one who leads me, guides me, and directs me. He is Father God. And on his shoulders, all government will rest. Why? Because he's king of kings and Lord of lords. We need to get back into holiness. And we need to return back to God's Word. And we need to get back to God's ways and back to God's standard of living. He is a proper child. Are you hearing me this morning? Proper child. Somewhere in history, though, we lost the respect for Jesus. Somewhere down the line, we were like, well, it's just another religious figure. He became to us a buddy, a co-pilot. In fact, I've heard people say, Jesus is my bosom buddy. Well, he's my Lord and Savior. Like Moses' parents, though, we need to send Stephen to the church. We need to see that. We need to see that there's something unusual about it. We need to see there's something beautiful about it. We need to see that it's not ordinary. He is extraordinary. He is extra holy. In fact, my Bible says that there is one name given under heaven by which men may be saved, and that is Jesus Christ. My Bible says that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh from the Father except through Him. My Bible says that Jesus is the name above all names. And one of these days, there's going to be a long line of senators, presidents, kings, queens, all kneeling before the humble carpenter of Nazareth, saying, Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Properly! We need to start seeing Him properly. But you know, that's not just His proper child. One of our pamphlets just said, Jesus Jesus. Beautiful. Some of y'all already looked at me like, mm-hmm. I read Isaiah 53, too, God. Isaiah 53, too, reminds us that Mashiach Reminds us that the 
would come for that time that we have. A beautiful little Beautiful as in unusual. Beautiful as in not an ordinary Beautiful as in selfish. Now, look right here in my eyes. What child do you know that is 100% selfish? Not mine. I'm going to tell you the truth on that. Not mine. And that he redeems us with his precious blood. That means, if we're going to get back to looking at him as beautiful, that means we need to get back to an attitude of gratitude. We just talked about that a little while ago. We need to get back to worshiping, back to being thankful, back to remembering what he did for us. And what did he do for us? He paid the price. He paid the fine. He took the law and he nailed it to the cross, taking it away from us forever. Because in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation that those that believe in his holy name. Why? Because he's beautiful beyond description. So beautiful that when the Father looked down and saw him, he was accepted. He was acceptable. And he cleansed our debt, paid our price, made us holy, and made us children of God. Hallelujah. Beautiful. We've got to return to seeing Jesus. He is beautiful beyond description. Majesty is throne of God. Think about how holy he is. Think about how wonderful he is. Think about how sinless, suffering he was. The Bible says, He takes upon him the form of a son. Goes willingly to death. Not just death, but to death. Well-known Christian 
Holy Spirit comes to live in you when you become a Christian. Let me tell you, if you're not a Christian, you ain't got the Holy Ghost in you. You're lost. You need to get saved. When we get saved and the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, then we as Christians start looking past how we look on the outside. Some of us are prettier than others, but <laughs> we start looking past that. And we start seeing the Jesus in you. Start seeing the Jesus in you. And we start loving Jesus inside of you because He's beautiful beyond description. He's selfless. He's sinless. He's a perfect sacrifice. And I will do anything for my Lord. And let me tell you right now, we're supposed to, as God's church, as God's people, to be willing to stand up and do anything it takes to help these grow in the name of the Lord. Somebody say amen. That's beautiful. And when we start looking at Him as beautiful again, we'll start loving one another because we start seeing past our skin color, past our hair color, past whether we're short, whether we're fat, whether we're skinny, whether we're tall, and start seeing Jesus on the cross. He died for that person. He bled for that person. He saved that person. And He saved me. And if Jesus can save you, then I can love you because He loves me. Why? Because He's beautiful. Hallelujah. Bible also says we get to go cancellation. Let me tell you right now, I think that is great cancellation. There's nothing ordinary about Jesus. You don't believe me? Get back into the Gospel of Luke. He's fully 12 years old. What does that mean? That means he's 12 years old at the extent. That's the very last day of 12 years old. He's in Jerusalem for eight years. What happens on a 13th birthday? You might know. A bar mitzvah. That means he becomes accountable to the law. He's there. And the Bible says he is speaking to the teacher. And they are amazed at his answers. He's not usual at all. He's got understanding. He knows something. You know what he knows? He knows his father. He's the master in the house. It's amazing to me that those people who thought they were taking care of God's house, looking at God in the face, didn't recognize him. I'll ask that question we're going to look at this morning for the time sake. It's unusual. They use unusual thoughts. Unusual I think I like this one the best. I don't think it is. Unusual. Sometimes we become a little too comfortable with God. We get a little too familiar Where we walk into His presence, like we're walking into the presence of our buddy or our friend. We forget that he is God. And we see him as though he was Jesus. And really, he's not. The Bible tells me in Numbers 23, 19, that God is not a man, that he should lie, nor a son of man, that he should repent. Now, when we talk about son of man here, we don't mean Jesus the title of son of man. What we're talking about is someone who's born as a, as a man's nature, or a son of man, that he should repent. As it said, and will he not do? And has it spoken, and will he not make it do? Look at me in Isaiah 65, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's not usual whatsoever. And we often treat him like we can read his mind. I know what God would say. No, you don't. No, you don't. You ever had somebody say that? I know what God would say if he was here. No, you don't. I 
I'm telling you right now, God will say something completely different, probably just to make us feel stupid. Amen. Moses' parents, Hebrews 11, 23, saw him. You know, not only did the angel show up and tell Mary, your child will be the son of God most high. Now, then he show up and intervene in Joseph's uh, intention of divorcing Mary, saying, don't be afraid to take her. The thing that's in her is of the Holy Ghost. And what she brings forth the child, Jesus, I call his name. Not only did they know that was unusual, they show up on the eighth day to have him circumcised, and the prophetess, Anna, says, look right here. The prophet Simeon says, look right here. And they began to know there's something unusual. What you know about the wise men, the magi showing up. Well, like you, that's pretty unusual, Carson. Later on, you began to see there's something more unusual about you. So unusual, it's not like that. What do you mean by that? We've got to go back to the very first time. Holy. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months by his parents. Three months. Now, there's a lifetime of teaching in this world. Number one, if you really wanted to go into, you wanted to build yourself a sermon, here you go. This is what I would do. Parents. That means Moses had a mom and a dad. Hello, that'll preach right there in Texas, won't it? He had a mama and a daddy. Oh, my goodness, how we forget about that. He didn't have two moms. He didn't have two dads. He had a mom and a dad. He had a mom and a dad who loved him, protected him, nourished him to the point where they stood up, not afraid of the king's command. My goodness, we need some families like that today who will stand up to a tyrannical government and say, you will not indoctrinate my child. You're not going to teach my child that homosexuality is okay. Instead, we're going to bring our kids back to being in God's Word because he's a proper child. Thought he was beautiful. What was Pharaoh's decree? Kill all those children. Remember that? He was like, I ain't killing them. He was a beautiful baby. Let me tell you something. All children are beautiful. All of them are. And that's why we support so lovingly that wonderful ministry just down the road called Hope Faith. We support them. We pray for them. We get involved in them. And we have a plethora of volunteers who are blessed to the name of the Lord. Why? Because they're not afraid. They were not afraid of the king's command. Moses and mom and dad weren't. If we get back to seeing Jesus talking, we're going to get back to turning this world upside down. We're going to get back to making a difference in this world. If we will get back to treating him properly, get back to seeing him as beautiful, and get back to knowing he's unusual, we're going to find ourselves doing what he called us to do. What he called us to be? Light. What he called us to be? Soft. What he called us to be? What did he call us to be? Voices of righteousness. What did he call us to be? Witnesses. What did he call us to be? Missionaries. What did he call us to be? Preachers. 
teaches deacons, God's children. He calls us to be in a church, and the church loves one another, and the church stands up in this world saying it can't ever defeat us. The gates of hell won't even prevail against us. Why? Because our God is beautiful. Our God is unusual. Our God is proper. Somebody say amen this morning. Perhaps you're sitting there in this room.
now in Jesus' name. I want to thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your message, Lord. And ask you to take charge and tell me anyone this morning who come to know your personal Lord and Savior. We the Lord God that needs to make any decisions for you. And to let you save you today. And now be the time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you come as we sing? Stand. Sing just a verse or two. Keep calling. Come on. Come on.
we get ready to do the Lord's Supper. Some of actually go ahead and sit down. But I do want to ask Brother Derek and Sister Nye, would you come on up for a second? I know you're not done with that yet, but I bet Sister Martha can take you to the Some of you have already got a chance to meet Brother Derek and Sister Nye. They have a wonderful daughter named Piper. They've come this morning and they asked him to be a part of our Sadly Baptist Church. <laughs> they are both blood-bought, redeemed believers, both baptized, and they're saying that God has called them to be a part of your wealth and you're going to love them, pray for them, support them. Would you say amen? That sounds unanimous to me. Welcome to Wild Family, God. So if y'all go back to Miss Martha there, we're going to do the Lord's Supper. And as we finish our Lord's Supper service, make sure you come by and hug their beautiful neck. Well, this time I'll ask my deacon to come forward.
still get fed? Amen. Praise the Lord. That's been my tradition in almost 30 years of ministry, including every Lord's Supper service, singing of a hymn. The Bible tells us in the Gospels that as Jesus and his disciples left the upper room, they were singing a hymn. And I found one so appropriate, something that touched my heart over 30 years. You know it quite well. It's Jesus loves me. This I know. And I want to show you something before we go. I had a gift in my office this week for Lord's Supper service. <laughs> and on it is the words of Jesus loves me. Just I know. So if you need the words, go ahead and look right here. Brother Robert, Brother Mark, would you both close us in our, in our closing song? Let it be our closing prayer. Let it be our closing song. Jesus loves me.